You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, good morning. How you guys doing? Y'all, wasn't worship awesome this morning? Got to brag on my wife a little bit. That third song, she wrote that all herself. And um, we, we tried it for the first time last week. And I told her, like, we should, I'm going to move this to this side a little bit. This is a dangerous game. There we go. So we should try it again next week um, and see how it is. And it is awesome. Like, it was so cool. And I'm so proud of her. And just had to give a little little plug there for, for her. And, um, yeah, I think it's so great. Thank you, thank you. Brownie points. Julie, where you at? Did you hear me? Um, awesome. Uh, another thing before we kind of get started, I just uh, I want to give an opportunity to, to honor some people that serve their butts off. I'd love for Tristan, Ryder, and, and Scott, if they can, to stand up. Can you all give them a round of applause back here? Julie and I are really blessed to have really, really amazing um, friends and people who are talented to come in and help us week to week. Um, but Tristan, Ryder, and Scott, they are here that during hours that no one's here. They put in a lot of time and a lot of effort, sweat, and uh, maybe frustrations and Googling how to figure things out on the fly and, and all of those things. And so just wanted to honor you guys and tell you how grateful for we we are for y'all and the, and the time that y'all do. It, it doesn't go unnoticed, and this church benefits from that. All right. Well, um, I'm excited to share with you guys this morning. Um, I feel like something's been on our heart at the beginning of this year, and we've been kind of discovering what, what the Lord's kind of told, um, kind of shared with us, and us being me and Julie and over our worship teams here. But I want to talk to you guys about being a people who worship God in spirit and in truth. Before we do that, I'm just going to pray so that um, there's grace if I mess up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so let's, uh, let's pray and then we'll dive in. Lord, thank you so much for this day. We're, so, um, we're just so thankful that you are here this morning, that your presence is here and that um, just lives were, were touched during worship and that you were just ministered to and that you received all all of the glory and all of the thanks and all of the praise that you deserve. And Father, thank you so much for what you're doing in this house and what you're doing with us as a people. And uh, we love you, Lord. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right. Go ahead and if you got your Bibles, turn to me with John chapter 4. And as you're getting there, I know that we've mentioned this as a vision and statement in the past, but... Julie and I's vision for the worship department and resurgent as a church is to be a house, a presence center that prioritizes and hosts the presence of God. It's our prayer that we would be known for worshipers who worship God in spirit and in truth. All right, you there, John 4? All right. So Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well. He reads her mail. She perceives that he's a prophet, which is hilarious in that all of she's like perceive it's a great great word um, but she poses a question about where is it right to worship right and Jesus hits her with this response we'll start reading from verse 21 woman 
Jesus replied, please, <laughs> Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father's seeking. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. So what does Jesus do with that reply? He's basically ushering in a new era of worship where it's no longer centered or based upon a ceremonial law or a place, but centered around him. The Father is seeking those who are filled with spirit and directed by the spirit. It's what he's saying there. The Father is seeking those who are filled with the word of God and being directed by the word of God. I want us to be those worshipers the Father is seeking. I hope you want to be those worshipers that the Father is seeking. Amen? Amen. Amen. I feel like a preacher. (laughs) So... So how do we become these people, right? Worshiping in spirit, what does this mean? It means we live our lives in direct partnership with the Holy Spirit to glorify Jesus. How do we do this? By walking step in step with the Holy Spirit and fully yielding to the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna read a quote here, but the worship leaders and Julie and I just read this book called The Reset by Jeremy Riddle. And if you, I suggest get your hands on this. This is such an amazing book. It's been so instrumental for us and refreshing. And um, he's just a powerhouse. Um, yeah, it's, it's been really, really awesome. But Jeremy Riddle says, true spiritual power does not flow through powerful people, only surrendered ones. I'll say it again. And this is Jeremy Riddle's quote. This is not mine. True spiritual power does not flow through powerful people, only surrendered ones. So why do we keep in step? Why do we just surrender to the Holy Spirit? Because it's the Holy Spirit is the great advocate, the one Jesus left us for guidance, help, and he is the vessel for truth, for he is the spirit of truth, which is a reference to John 14. The Holy Spirit awakens in us an understanding of God's beauty splendor and power it's the holy spirit who stirs us to celebrate to rejoice to give thanks it's the holy spirit who opens our eyes to see and savor that all god is for us in christ jesus now in my experience walking in step and yielding to the holy spirit is way more difficult and challenging than it sounds can anybody agree with that it's way more difficult deeply challenging. Why is that? Because I underestimate the desires of my flesh and my will to be in control. I have to sometimes remind myself that we have the one that's more powerful than the desires of the flesh, and that's the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us. I have to live in that reminder daily. So uh, we're going to do some more reading. Turn to Galatians 5 for me. Everybody tracking? How you feeling? Good. 
perfect. Turn right to it. All right, Galatians 5, you there? Everybody doing good? You asleep yet? No, hopefully not. All right, we're going to read from verse 16. This is Paul, right? One of his love letters, right? So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit is what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another so that you are not to do whatever you want. The acts of the flesh are extremely obvious. I'm not gonna go through them. They're in the next couple of verses, but do you know what, do you know what, uh, the point of all of this is, is the act of surrender. What is surrender? What is yielding? Those acts are actually worship. That's how we inherit the kingdom that he goes on to say. We'll read through 22 through 25. But the fruit of the spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Amen? Amen. I think all of us want to be a part of a vibrant church with an irresistible culture. I've heard that word passed around for a little bit. It's awesome. This is how we do it. Let the fruit of our sacrifice and the fruit of our worship be pleasing to God. Our greatest assignment is to be a people who step with the Holy Spirit every day. That's our greatest assignment is to be a people who step, yield, surrender, follow in his leadings every single day. And when you taste and see what's available through his friendship and his leadings, you will never want to do life any other way. So to be a part of an irresistible culture, people benefit from the fruit in our lives. If we yield, which is being laid out for us here in these verses, that if we yield and stay in step with the Holy Spirit, we what? We bear fruit. Yes, sir. People benefit from that. Those who are hungry are going to benefit from that. Yes. The Lord is going to take delight in that and rejoice in that. So surrender and yielding to the Holy Spirit is worship. To summarize, to be those who worship in spirit, it means we live our lives in direct partnership with the Holy Spirit. That way we can glorify Jesus rightly, keeping in step and staying in place of surrender to him. All right, worshiping in truth. What does this mean? I'm gonna take a drink. Got an ice cube. Worshiping in truth, what does this mean? It means our worship must be rooted and grounded to the realities of biblical revelation. How do we tether our worship to those biblical revelations? By becoming students of the word and equipping our hearts with the truth of who he is. Again, in John chapter four, the father says, or Jesus says, the father is seeking those who are filled with the word of God and being directed by the word of God. J.I. Packer, who is a, a really famous evangelical and a theologian, he says this, the study of God is for the worship of God. The practice of theology is the purpose of doxology. I'm gonna say that again. The study of God is for the worship of God. The practice of theology is for the purpose of doxology. It's really, really powerful. Cool thing, J.I. Pa Packer, um, his name's initially James and then something 
um, and I forget, I did a little research. He, born in the late 20s or early 30s, his first published book uh, around the study of God, it was something titled like that, sold 20,000 copies in 1958. And from here on out has been published and hasn't been stopped being published. Cool thought, right? And then also in Time Magazine in 2005, these are just things that I thought were interesting. In 2005, Time Magazine named him one of the most influential evangelicals of our time. And that's what he says. The study of God is for the worship of God. The practice of theology is for the purpose of doxology. That's super powerful. It ministers to me. As students, we must take note of every description of his heart, his ways, character, his attributes, and the glory that scripture reveals. As we grow in the knowledge of who he is, our hearts then become better conditioned to know how to appropriately give him the praise that he's worthy of. Anybody seen the movie uh, Last Samurai? Come on, respond. Has anybody seen the movie Last Samurai? Great. I know my dad has. I know my brother has. I know Julie has. Poor Julie, because we put it on like once a month. That's one of my like repeats. I have three or four of those, like Troy, Lord of the Rings, Gladiator, Braveheart. Shake that tree. For whatever reason, wielding weapons and, and all that stuff is, is awesome to me. Anyway, in uh, and, and this scene of The Last Samurai, he's getting trained by these samurai warriors, right? He's an American that's been brought over to Japan. They take him in, they heal him, all these, or, you know, they provide him shelter, get him rested up. And he starts to become one of the people of the samurai, which is just crazy and cool, right? <laughs> Every little boy's dream, right? It's like, yeah, we get a sword. But before, uh, you know, he's doing this training and he's getting taught in the ways of sword fighting. And in these sparring sessions, he keeps getting his butt kicked, kicked to the ground, getting his hands beat up, just getting beat over and over. And again, these guys are like masters at their craft, right? Well, for like after the hundredth time of him getting knocked down, somebody comes to him, an instructor, and, and in broken English says, too many mind, too much mind. So he gets up and he finally is able to connect his heart and his, his spirit and his body with what he's been trained in his brain. And in that next sparring session, he doesn't get knocked down, but he ties, which is a really big deal because all of the other samurais who are making bets and like <laughs> making fun of him were all like, oh. He gets it. Like at that moment of breakthrough, right? Where everybody else around him was like, it's connected. Like everything is clicked. Too many mind. No more mind. Let's read why it's important not to have too many mind. Turn to Matthew 15. <laughs> everybody okay? hear my son maybe all right too many mind all right so what's happening in Matthew 15 is Jesus engages into a conversation with Pharisees and the Pharisees are upset with the disciples because they didn't wash their hands before they broke bread or started eating and Jesus engages and says the following these people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Worship should incite a physical response. 
True worship must engage the heart, our affections, and our encounters with a living God. Let's reread that. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Our hearts must be conditioned with the truth because we, if we read on to verse 18 in this conversation, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, this is Jesus talking, and these defile him for out of the heart comes evil thoughts. He goes through all these things yet. But the main statement I wanna talk about there is what comes from the mouth comes out of the overflow of the heart. If you use knowledge of God to gain position, you're missing the point. The study of the word is for intimacy with God. Ray Hughes, who's an amazing teacher, has this quote and it still rocks me. He says, uh, worship is getting the head below the heart. He's not disregarding the mind, but in order to give God an accurate response of what he's worth, you must engage your, your physical nature Spirit, soul, and body, right? Good word. Amen. Good word. I'm gonna say this again. If you use if you use knowledge of God to gain position, you're missing the point. The study of the word is for intimacy with God, because he is the word. The word made flesh. You're studying him to worship him rightly. Bill Johnson once said, worshiping in truth is simply nothing hidden an invitation followed by transparency, a transparent offering to give him honor. Hmm. To summarize that again, to be those who worship in spirit and truth, it means we live our lives in accordance to his word and we offer up our hearts as a transparent offering to him. This week, I wanna kinda of just leave you with a challenge. We're done, this is a short, sweet message, to the point, just gives you some practical steps. But this week, I want you guys to be intentional about worshiping him in these three areas. Worship him privately, in the secret place, in the word, with your family. Worship starts in the home. Corporately here next week for Father's Day. I believe if we keep a high importance for worship in our lives, I believe we will become a people who will be known that worship God in spirit and in truth. Go ahead and stand up with me. I rolled through it quick. Sorry, guys. I did not, did not make time for small chat or talk. What Jake shared this morning is something personally I feel like I've been going through too about the pressing of the grape and the olive. And... Um, the last two weeks have just felt extremely, extremely heavy, but I know it's a good thing, and I know that good wine's coming out of that. And I want to encourage you, take that home with you today, as well as anything that I said that you might like or right now, <laughs> but um, the pressing is good. The pressing is good. New wine is coming forth. Things that are needing to be left behind are being left behind, and in a season of upgrade, those things have to be left behind. We have to learn how to yield how to trust, how to love the Lord rightly. Let's leave behind anything that is man-made or selfish or any of those things. When we are here, it is our job and our job only to gaze upon God and worship him.
Um, before we started to, I didn't want to share this because it's heavier, um, but I just want to share this. I had, I was kind of praying and prepping last night, and um, I just had this, this word here, um, the stench of despair attracts the friends of death. If anybody's struggling with, I'll say this again, the stench of despair attracts the friends of death. And I had this picture of just these vultures, these vulture choirs just singing from their book of lies over somebody. Could include me, but I just wanted to extend that. If anybody's experiencing that, I don't want to call you out, but as we come up for prayer, um, come up and get prayer this morning. Um, those vulture choirs. It's funny that the, the stench of despair tracks the friends of death. You know who uh, is always first to a, a, a carcass about to die? A vulture. Interesting. Anyway, let's pray. It's been a pleasure speaking with you guys today. Again, short and sweet. Have a good Sunday. It's been a privilege to speak with you guys this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for what you're doing. And we love you. Thank you for the opportunity to share with with uh, with this church and share our hearts and father we just come in unity and worship you we just ask that we are those people that you are seeking to worship you in spirit and in truth and father let our house just be a place that loves you rightly that hosts your presence rightly those who would just come into our house would just even just smell the fragrance of your presence from outside those doors and those escalators, Father. Now, through what we're doing, through prayer and worship and teaching and, and family, Father, would just be so irresistible to Atlanta, Georgia. And we consecrate ourselves. We give you everything inside of us, Jesus. We love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. We understand that the presence is a person, and that is you. And we thank you for who you are, and we love you. And everybody said? Amen. Amen.